Welcome to Halakha Hour here on J Radio on Wednesday afternoon here live at 2 to 3 p.m. If you want, if you'd like to listen to us on the phone line, the phone number to the phone line is 718-506-9099. That's if you would like to listen on the phone line. You could also hear us live as well on jrootradio.com or on the Jroot Radio Pro app. The numbers to the station, if a person would like to call in to the Halakha Hour to ask questions regarding the subject of Halakha that we're discussing, and we're in the middle of the laws of Motza'e Shabbat, the laws of the times of Motza'e Shabbat. We're going to talk about Havdalan and Tefillah Bazat Hashem today. The phone lines are open today, and the number is 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text in your question, and that's always the best, at 347-927-8398. Again, the phone numbers to call in, it's 718-683-5858. And to text in your questions or comments at 347-927-8398. And finally, to listen live, jrootradio.com or 718-506-9099. Today's class has been sponsored especially the Hayalim, the soldiers in Eris Israel, Hashem should protect them. And regardless of what a person's political point of view is, all of all of Eris Israel is right now, as you heard throughout the broadcast on J Root, what's going on in Eris Israel. All of the Jewish people on Makom Sakana, the missiles are flying everywhere. And the soldiers are going in, and these are our brothers and sisters, and these are our brothers, the soldiers going in, and right now they're Makom Sakana, and therefore we dedicate this class, the Zechut of the Tamu Torah of this class, Bezat Hashem, should go to help them, to protect them, to give them Siyata Dishmaya and Shemira, and <clears throat> to give them Bezat Hashem a normal life. Just a few words maybe to talk about what's going on in Eretz Israel. The Shla brings down, <clears throat> the Shla is Rabbi Horowitz from about four or five hundred years ago. He used to be the chief rabbi of Prague at one time. So the Shla in his book, he writes something very interesting. He says when it comes to the parasha, the Ashkenazim call it the Sedra, Sidra. Uh, we would say the Sfaradim, Sidra. He says, why is the parasha called the Sidra? And he says an interesting point. He said, because Sidra... It's from the word Seder, as we have on Lil Pesach, Seder. Seder is like the word Sidur, which is organized, systematic. Everything is in the system. That's why Lil Pesach, it's called, we call a Seder, because we have about 15 steps, and it's in order. First we make Kiddush, then we wash our hands, and so on and so forth. Likewise, says the, the Shla, that the parasha of the week is called the Sidra. You know why? Because it contains in it, the order of events in the world of that week. You always hear the rabbis in, in shuls, the rabbis of many congregations, they'll speak, they'll bring an idea from the parasha and relate it to an event, whether it's a simha in the shul, a bar mitzvah, a bris, or whatever it may be, or they'll relate it to the current events. And somehow, in some way, they always connect the parasha to the events of that week. And you wonder, is that just a coincidence? And the answer is no. If it falls out in that week's parasha, as the Shlah says, it's a sidra, it's a sidr. 
The Torah contained in it that way. There is a way, yes, that you could see the events even before they happen from the Sidra. So although we don't have the capability to be able to foresee things, at least not over here, so, but we could learn from the parashat things that we could take upon ourselves. Things are within our hands, we have to learn. So one small lesson I would like to point out from this week's parashat, Pinhas, and also from the end of last week's parashat, because those who know the parashat know that the parashat, Pinhas, the beginning of the parashat, is really a continuation from the end of last week's parasha, Parashat Balak. In the end of last week's parasha, we find that the Jewish people were in grave danger. Many people were dying. Besides the plague that Hashem brought upon the Jewish people, or excuse me, besides the executions that Hashem brought upon the Jewish people for worshipping Ba'apir, or for going with the Midian, going with the non-Jewish woman, there was also the plague that took place specifically amongst the Shebet of Shimon, the tribe of Shimon, because of the act of Zimri and Kozbi Batsur. And until Penhas stepped up and he took action to, start, to try to put an end to the Avira that was amongst the Jewish people, only then do we find the Torah telling us that the plague stopped. In this week's Parashah, the Torah tells us that Hashem gives an award to Penhas. You are a man of shalom, Pinhas. You brought peace between me and uh, the Jewish people because now I stopped. I was about to wipe out, as the Torah says, I was about to wipe out all of the Jewish people, but you took an action and you stopped Avira and therefore you brought an end to this plague. So what we could learn from this for ourselves is that, keep in mind, we all pray for the welfare of the Jewish people all over the world, specifically in the Eretz and we're all on the, behind them and we are learning in their zikhut, and we're praying for them. But we have to look at what we personally can do to our, for ourselves. Obviously, Hashem is sending a message. We shouldn't lose sight right now of why Hashem is sending the Palestinians, or why Hashem is sending these rockets flying into, our, into us. Why are these terrorists happening? We cannot decide why this is happening to another person. But if it affects us, and affects each one of us, it bothers us, we're worried, and it we're not comfortable with the situation, then Hashem is also speaking to us, not just to the people in Eretz Israel. And the people in Eretz Israel have to figure out for themselves. But for ourselves, we have to look into ourselves and to see what we could fix, what we could do. And you might say, what am I? What do I have to do? I don't even live in Eretz Israel. I'm here and I'm so far away. And how much could I do? In the parasha, it was one man who stopped the whole plague. You don't know who that one person may be. When that one man or one woman who feels that I could do better, I could fix something, I could do, I could become close to Hashem, I could stop something that's distancing me from Hashem, whether it's an Avira, or something that's not on my level, and that person could bring an end to a lot of suffering, not just for himself, but for all the Jewish people. And that's the small idea that we could derive out of this. We shouldn't lose sight of, the, of, of what's going on from the Ruhanut point of view. The Hashkafa, the proper Hashkafa, is always to look inwards, to see what we could do, to see what Hashem is trying to relate to me, myself. Not to preach to others, but to myself. How much could I do? What do I need to do in order, if Hashem is doing this and it's affecting me, what could I do about it? With that, we'll move on. But before we move on to really what we do, we want to announce that uh, this next coming up, next Tuesday, Next Tuesday, I think it's the 15th of July. I'm not sure exactly on the English date, but I'll tell you what next Tuesday in the Hebrew date is. It's Yud Zayin Tammuz. 
which means, Rabbi we have a fast. It's going to be a Yom Ta'anit, the Ta'anit of Yud Zayn Betamuz. That's the time when the Goyim infiltrated the Jewish, the, the, the city of Yerushalayim and they broke through the walls of Yerushalayim in the times of the second Beit HaMikdash. And therefore we have a fast. The Alachot of the fast will, Be'ezat Hashem, will put on the recordings from last year and in a few weeks coming up, we'll talk about all the halachot that are pertaining to Yudzayim, not necessarily Yudzayim Tanuz, but the three weeks, Rosh Chodesh Av, Shavuah Shehalbo, as well as Tzachabi Ab. That will all be discussed by Zat Hashem later on. But for now, what we have to know is there's a fast this Tuesday morning, this Tuesday, beginning from the morning, 4.09 a.m. is the latest time. Some people have earlier times. You look in your own calendar for the Sfaradim. This is good. This is uh, the way we follow over here. 4.09 a.m. is the beginning of the fast. And the fast finishes at around 9 o'clock to 9.15. You'll decide for yourselves. Uh, if you pay, if we, if you heard the class from last week where we discussed Shekiah and Tzeta Kohabim, you get an idea exactly how to figure it out. Shekiah's sunset is at 8.25 on Tuesday, which means about 35 minutes to... Nearly maybe 50, some people want to do 50 minutes, whatever they like, is the motza'eh, is the conclusion of the fast. So from 9 to 9.15, a person already, it's good enough already for a person to be fasting until then. And it begins the three-week period, the weeks known as Ben HaMetzarim, which means no more music, no more music means to say no more music with instruments, no more parties, no more dancing. For these three weeks, we don't have any of those because we are mourning the destruction of the of Yerushalayim and the Beit HaMikdash. And as it's brought down by Sefarim, although some say from the beginning of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, but certainly from the time of Shabbat Beit Tammuz, a person must be very, very careful, as is, uh, Sefarim, the poskim bringing down, that there's things are, we need extra protection from ourselves. We don't have so much Shemira in that time. And therefore, one should take a lot of caution doing whatever activities he wants or he, she wants to do in these three weeks. Those, that's just a small announcement about the fast next week. We come back now to the halachot that we're discussing. Here, we're up to the parasha in Benish High. This is a class mainly on the Benish High. And the parasha that we're learning right now is the parasha of Vayetze. And the halachot are like the name, Vayetzeh, which means to go out. The Ben Ishai in Shana Shaniyah talks about Motza'e Shabbat, the laws of when Shabbat is Yotzeh, when Shabbat leaves us. And last week, we spent pretty much the whole class talking about one point, and that is, what time is Shabbat over? And we discussed the opinions of how to calculate what, what time is nighttime, what's the different opinions, how to relate it to, to ourselves, what's the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, how people holding, what people are holding, and they're saying this is Rabbeinu Tam, and so on and so forth. We discussed all of that last week. We're not going to go through it again. But there were questions that I wasn't able to get to, some through a text line, some people called in, and also there were some points that myself, I had my notes that I wasn't able to get to because the, the class was over. We just ran out of time. So let's go back over a few points and let's begin. The first point, we mentioned last week that in times of emergencies, we mentioned the case of Onin, a person is allowed to pray Arbit before Shekiah. This is only applicable to Svaradim. Not to Ashkenazim, but to Svaradim. Because Ashkenazim never pray Arbit before Shekiah. But even then, 
Now, Lachaz says that Arbit is supposed to be, you could only pray, in Motsayi Shabbat, he's supposed to pray Arbit very late, even though technically throughout the, uh, the week, you pray Arbit after Shekhar, after sunset. When it comes to Shabbat, you're supposed to delay until the time that you're ready to finish Shabbat or close to it. That's the Chathala, that's when you're supposed to pray Arbit. If it's very, very important, even as Kedazin could pray from the beginning already, right after Shekhar, they could pray if it's very, very necessary. Sfaradim could even pray from Plaga Menha. Now, this is a very important point that we didn't mention and have to point it out. And that is that although a person could pray Arbit and technically he could even do Habdalah when it's necessary, as we, we gave the examples last week, Shabbat is not over. You could say Habdalah and you could pray Arbit, but that's for the Mizvah of Arbit and the Mizvah of Habdalah. But it doesn't mean Shabbat is over, which means you cannot go and do every Melacha that you want. There are there's a time when Shabbat is over. Whatever you hold, if you hold that Shabbat is over 40 minutes or 50 minutes after Shekiah, after sunset, then although you prayed Arbit earlier, you still cannot do any Melacha or even Nisur Derabanan until the time that Shabbat is over, which is 40 or 50 minutes or Rabbeinu Tam, 72 minutes, whatever you hold. This happened to us one time. It wasn't the case of Onim, but if you remember... Before Hurricane Sandy, there was a hurricane before that, the year before that, that was called Hurricane Irene. And the time, we didn't know, nobody knew what was going to happen. And everybody was scared that things, uh, you know, a lot of problems, flooding and things. And at the time we were praying in the shul that was closer to the beach. And we were worried that if, you know, the, the storm was supposed to hit, I think it was supposed to hit by Shabbat afternoon going to Motsay Shabbat. And we were worried that if we have Manhattan Arbit regular time, it might be too late, it might be too windy, it might be too dangerous. So therefore, we announced that we're going to pray an early Arbit. We're going to pray Minha, and right away have Arbit right afterwards, and everybody go home afterwards. At least you prayed with the Minyan. It was an emergency situation, but we announced, and like we're saying right now, Shabbat is not over until the time is over, Rabotai. If you hold 40 minutes, 50 minutes, or 72 minutes, whenever you hold Shabbat is over, you have to wait until that time to be able to do any Melacha or even an Isur Derabanan. Another point to keep in mind, and this is applicable all the time, especially for men, not especially for men, only for men, and that is Kriyat Shema. Kriyat Shema, sometimes, if you, even if you have to pray earlier, this is now a rule for Shabbat, but it's really a rule also for Shabbat and even throughout the weekday, especially in the summer. A person who is praying Arbit before Seta Kochabim, and again, Seta Kochabim is defined whenever, whatever your rabbi or your community holds that Seta Kochabim is. If you pray Arbit earlier, most people do that in the weekday or even Friday night, even Ashkenazim Friday night, pray Arbit early. You have to keep in mind that you still did not fulfill your obligation of Kriyat Shema. Kriyat Shema is Mizvah Deoraita. According to 99% of the post scheme, a person is obligated to say Kriyat Shema after Tzeta Kochabim. And that's a psaq in Shohan Aruch. And Barnad doesn't bring any arguments in Shohan Aruch. So therefore, even though you prayed earlier, Kriyat Shema, even though you said Kriyat Shema in Shul, if you prayed Arbit earlier, and therefore you said Kiyat Shema, before Tzeta Kochabim, you have to keep in mind that you still have to repeat Kiyat Shema when you get home. This is for Friday night, this is for Motza'e Shabbat, this is for any time of the week that you pray Arbit earlier than Tzeta Kochabim. Now here's a question. We mentioned last week the different times, and we explained where the 72 minutes come from. That's the opinion of Rabbein Utam. Question is, somebody asked, we find also that there's times like 96 minutes. And we mentioned that as well. That Moshe Feinstein says 
that those who want to wait and want to be mahmir up to 96 minutes. Where do we get 96 minutes from? We explained that the Gemara explains from Shekiah until Setekochabim, from sunset until the stars come out, according to the longest opinion, the, the most stringent opinion, it says that there's a distance of four milin. And the Gemara explains that it, four milin, and according to Johanna Ruch, it takes a person about 18 minutes, exactly 18 minutes, to walk one meal. And four times 18 is 72 minutes. So where in the world did we get 96 minutes from? And the answer is, although we mentioned that a meal is only 18 minutes, there are opinions like the Rambam or the Gra who hold that a meal is 24 minutes. And that's based on the calculation of how do you count the day. One is considered the beginning of the day and one is, con is it considered the end of the day. Is the beginning of the day from the time that sun rises until the sun sets, which means Zeriha, Netzahama, until Shekiah? Or is the beginning of the day really from Alot Shahar, which is earlier than Netzahama, which is uh, dawn, until Setekochabim, which is after Shekiah? If you hold that the beginning of the day is from sunrise until sunset, then it comes out that each meal will be 24 minutes. Not 18, will be 24 minutes. So according to this opinion, which is the Rambam Nigra, that the meal is really 24 minutes. So now if you do 24 times 4, because remember, the Gemara says 4 meal. It doesn't tell me a time. It just tells me a distance. And according to those opinions that hold that each uh, that takes a person to walk, tw it takes an average person to walk one meal. It takes him 24 minutes to walk one meal. So it comes out that four milin from the sunset until Setakochabim, according to them, will be 96 minutes. Another question that was asked, and that is we find that the concept of time in halakha is always shaud's maniyot. For example, we mentioned this in the past. Kriyat Shema in the morning. One has to read Kriyat Shema within three hours of the morning. What does that mean, the morning? And we said the morning is, like we said right now, the morning, let's say according to the opinion, that says from the time of sunrise. Now, how do you calculate these three hours? It's not regular three hours that we know of 60 minutes where each minute is 60 seconds. No. The three hours that the Gemara talks about, the Halakha talks about, is referring to Sha'od Zmaniyot which varies, will be, the hours will be shorter in the winter and longer in the summer. That's called Sha'od's Maniyot, what I'd like to call halachic hours. So the question is, when we say that a person has to wait, Motsay Shabbat, 72 minutes for Rabbeinu Tam, does that have to be Sha'od's Maniyot or not? Because Rabbeinu Tam was talking about 4 million, and 4 million we just explained equals 72 minutes, but is that Sha'od's Maniyot or not? And the answer to that question is, the Bi'ur Halakha brings a Mahlokit, between the Minhat Kohen and the Primegadim. According to the Primegadim, 72 minutes after Shekiah is the time of Rabbeinu Tam. And these 72 minutes are regular 72 minutes of 60 seconds each. According to the Minhat Kohen, he says, no, these 72 minutes are only in the times of the spring or the fall, in around Tishrei and Nisan, where the hour that we know of 60 minutes and 60 seconds per minute is equal to the halakhic hour, is equal to Shavuot's maniyot. That's what we call Shavuot's shavot. But in the summer, the 72 minutes will be longer and the winter will be shorter. 
That's according to the opinion of the Mahat Kohen. And the Mibur al says that that's the opinion also of the Magen Abraham and the Gra as well, that you do it, Sha'od Zmaniot, you have to wait. However, the Bi'ur al himself, which is the Hafez Haim, the Mishab concludes that you don't have to be so Mahmir. You want to be Mahmir 72 minutes, but you don't have to be so Mahmir to do it, Sha'od Zmaniot. 72 minutes by itself, it's good enough. And, however, if you look in Hakam Abadiyah, in Shut Yabiya Omer, Halek Bit, as well as in the Siduri Havidati, quotes him that way as well. As well, in other places, you find that Hamadiyah seems to say, or he says it, that Sha'od Zmaniyot, that 72 minutes will be longer in the summer. You want, even those who want to wait Rabbeinu time in the summer should wait 72 minutes Sha'od Zmaniyot. And that's the way I always understood it. Just recently, I, I saw, there's a Mishnah Berura called Ish Matzliyah Mishnah Berura, which is the notes from the Yeshiva of Kisera Hamim, who, which is headed by a huge Tamir Hacham in our days. His name is Rabbi Meir Mezuz Shlita. A big, big Tamir Hakam. That's beyond uh, our, that we could explain. There's no question. He's a big, big uh, Tamir Hakam and a big Posek. Hakam Wadiya also held of him very, very, very highly. He has in that Mishnah Bidra, the Ishmat Sliyah, in the back he has a Kuntras that he personally wrote. It's called Kuntras Beit Ben Hashem Hashot. And over there towards the end he writes that he was speaking to somebody who was very close to Hakam Wadiya. And he writes, Ahmadiyya says that's okay if a person doesn't want to be mahmir to wait the 72 minutes, Sha'od If a person wants to wait just regular 72 minutes, it's fine. That's what it says over there. So although Ahmadiyya writes it in Yabiya Omir that you have to wait Sha'od Zbaniyot, the 72 minutes you have to wait Sha'od Zbaniyot, Amir Mazuz says that somebody who spoke to Ahmadiyya says it's okay if a person is not so makpid, is not so careful to wait Sha'od Zbaniyot, 72 minutes is still good enough. Okay. Another question we got through the text, and that is, could you connect what, what was said to the calendar? Basically, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the person who's asking this question wants to know all the things that we spoke about, sunset and, and Rabbeinu Tam and all these things, can I connect it to the, the calendar? Meaning to say, look at the calendar and show us how exactly, what do these times mean on the calendar? So really, the calendar itself, to be able to tell the Zmanim on the calendar, we hope to work on a, on a video and a full class on it to explain every detail on the calendar, because it could be very confusing for a person who doesn't know, especially ladies you know, they look at the calendar and they don't understand what does it mean, Sovzman, who decided this should be the time and why is it and what does it mean, Alot shahar and Plagam and Hab, it could be very complicated but we'll just explain very quickly if you look at the calendar, most calendars will have a, not most calendars, every single calendar will tell you when sunset is for every single day, okay? So if you look at Shabbat for Saturday on Shabbat on the calendar, you'll find whatever time it says. Let's go with last week's calendar. It's been the same time for about a few weeks in the summer. The latest sunset that we get here in New York is 8.30 p.m. That is sunset, that is Shekiah. From that point, right after, right when it gets to 8.30, according to the opinions that hold that Ben Hashemashot begins right away, which is the Gra and the Geonim. So that is when Ben Hashemashot begins. How much time afterwards is Shabbat over? So according to those opinions, they hold 13 and a half minutes. And again, where is it applicable? Like we said, nobody does 13 and a half minutes and they do even longer than that. But that's when Ben Hashemashot begins until Setek Ochabim, whatever time you want to define later on. But if you hold like Rabbeinu Tam, so then Motza'e Shabbat will be around... Not around, it'll be 72 minutes later, which means if 8.30 was Shekiah, sunset, it means that for you, Motzei Shabbat, if you want to go like Rabbeinu Tam, will be 
I mean 9.42. 8.30 sunset, it means that 9.42 will be Motsa'e Shabbat according to the Benu That's the way you can figure out from the calendar. Now sometimes you'll see in the calendar they, they write Motsa'e Shabbat at a different time and you'll figure out. You just do the math backwards. See when sunset is and see how many minutes they added and you'll know whoever set up the calendar, you'll know how they decided when Shabbat will be over. 40 minutes, 50 minutes, some will write uh, a little bit more than that. Each one has its own ways, so you'll have to figure it out on your own. Sometimes the calendar will say three stars. That's not necessarily Rabbein Utam. Again, that's the time that whoever wrote the calendar decided when Seta Kochabim is for every day and for Motsay Shabbat as well. So you'll have to see if it's something of your custom, if your community follows such a thing. Most Hasidim in America, here in America, will go like Rabbein Utam which means they will not finish Shabbat until 72 minutes later. However, in Eretz Israel, many, many Hasidim, I'm not talking about individuals, I'm talking about communities, I'm talking about bells, I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about also who is the Ger Hasidim. These are the biggest Hasidim in Eretz Israel. Ger Hasidim, all of them, none of them hold like Rabbeinu Tam. They don't finish Shabbat 72 minutes afterwards. They finish early. I forgot exactly what the time. I know bells is 50. Uh, the gear could be 40 to 50 minutes as well. I'm not sure exactly. But the idea is that each community depends what your community follows. You'll follow it by that. So here's a question now. The question is, for the Sfaradim now, somebody asked, well, this is not our minhag. Is this our minhag to follow 72 minutes ago with 72 minutes of Rabbeinu Tam? So let me explain something very, very important. Rabbeinu Tam's opinion is the way to explain the Gemara. Shohan Aruch also went with Rabbeinu Tam as well. He also explained, the, uh, explained that Motzei Shabbat is like the way Rabbeinu Tam says, which is 72 minutes later. True, we said yes last week that the Minhag of the Sfaradim, like the way the Hiddab brings down, like the way the Gennad Veradim, and like the way others bring down, is not to go with Rabbeinu Tam. That's the way there were no Hig. But it doesn't mean that whoever wants to be no like Rabbeinu Tam is doing anything like he's considered Baal Ga'ava or is doing Yohara. It's he's out of place. And Hazrat that you should say, oh, he's too stringent, he's too much. No, a person wants to keep Rabbeinu Tam, he's going like the Psaq of Shohan Aruch and like the Psaq of many, many Rishonim. As well as Hakam Abadiyah himself, the Gadol Ador from the last generation of the Posek for most, which most people followed. He also holds 72 minutes as well. And if you'd like to see, as even go look in Yabiyah Omey where he brings down that even Rabbanim, like the Rabbi Fanji from, who used to be the chief rabbi of Turkey, as well in Izmir, I believe, also Rabbi Lanyado from Halab in Syria, also they tried to institute through a harem even that people should go and wait 72 minutes and sit in darkness. Remember back then there was no electricity. They sit in darkness until 72 minutes later when Shabbat is over. So many, many Gedolim throughout the generations tried to do this, tried to institute it, that their kehlots of Allah Rabbeinu Tam. True, the Minhag was not accepted that way by the people. Perhaps it was too much for them. But don't be an Amar Aritz when you see somebody holding Rabbeinu Tam and yell at him and say, oh, you're too mahmir, you're too stringent, what are you doing? It's not our way. If you say that, then you're going to sound really ridiculous. So make sure you don't say that. Make sure that, to the, that you follow what we said and you understand that Rabbeinu Tam's opinion is really a Everybody will tell you a if you can, 100% you should follow Rabbeinu Tam and not the other way. And not, uh, not to, and it's not a Yohara if you're going with the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam.
One last question before we come into last halakha, and that is, how does a person jump into Rabbeinu Tam? How do you go on to Rabbeinu Tam? It's very hard. It's very, 72 minutes is very hard. So I saw someone, I know a person who learned the sugya, who learned the opinions, and he saw the importance of, of waiting longer. And therefore, I saw that what he's doing so far, he waits. Meaning, you have to kind of, you know, just recently I had a, I had a meeting in the, well, for, for tuition in the yeshiva. And basically, everybody knows the story. Every year, tuition goes up. And Baruch Hashem, they're educating our children. And I sat down in the meeting, and he showed me the number that they're asking. He showed me the number that I was paying this past year. He said, our goal is to get as much as we can from what you're paying last year to what we're asking for. How much could you do? And that's why he tell you the same thing. How long do you wait till Shabbat is over? 40 minutes? 35 minutes? Whatever you wait. If you wait 45 minutes, let's, let's say you wait 40 minutes. And you would like to keep 72 minutes or you have between 40 and 72 minutes. Try to keep as much as you can past 40 minutes. You could do 42 minutes. Azaku Baruch, do 42 minutes. And year by year, slowly, slowly, even every once in a while, every few years if you'd like, add a few minutes. Add another two minutes, another two minutes. You'll see it just takes time to get used to. It's really not difficult at all. Besides, anyway, by the time, anyway, you most probably will have, uh, will end up shul, anyway, you'll end finishing, finish my shul that late. So take it slowly, a few minutes, add a few minutes once in a few years. And as Hashem, you'll see, you might even, you don't have to go past 72 minutes, but you'll, you'll see that in a few years already, you'll be holding up in time and you'll be comfortable with it. You'll like it as well. With that, we move on now to Halakha Bet. And now we move on to Halakhot of Havdalah. Ben Yishai brings down over here from Halakha Bet until Halakha Zain, the laws of Havdalah during Tefillah. So let's begin, first of all, you know what? Why should we begin outside? He says it right here inside. Says the Ben Yishai, Leharambam, according to the opinion of the Rambam, there's a mitzvah from the Torah for a person to be mekadesh Shabbat even when it comes out. We all know of Kiddush when Shabbat comes in. It says in the Torah, We spoke about this in the Chod Kiddush, that a person has to make the day of Shabbat special. How do you do so? When it comes in, you make it special. You designate, you say, you pronounce. As Hazal tells us, the word Zachor means you speak it out. You express it verbally and you say it, Shabbat is Kodesh. And we do so on a cup of wine. That's what we know as Kiddush. Motzei Shabbat, when Shabbat is leaving, we also have to verbally express that Shabbat is leaving and the Kiddusha has left us. And according to the Rambam, that's a Mizvah Midiraita as well. So that's what we do when we say Havdalah. According to the Rambam, the Havdalah that we say is, is Deoraita. Other poskim hold Derabanan, but according to him, it's Deoraita. And how does one do so? Just by pointing out that what just happened right now, up till now, was Shabbat, it was Kodesh, and now from this point onwards, it became Hol. That is the mitzvah midoraita, according to the Rabbam. That's how he fulfills the Chot Yom Shabbat when it comes in with Kiddush, and when Shabbat leaves, Shabbat leaves with Havdalah. However, Hazal instituted that you should do so with a cup of wine as well. And that's the famous Abdallah that we know when we sit with a cup of wine. And those halakot will be discussed later on. Hazrat Hashem next week, not this week. But for now, the Abdallah in Tefillah, Hazal instituted that in our prayer, when we're praying Abit or Shabbat, we should include, we should say, 
the words of Abdallah, and that is done through small prayer known as Attahonantanu. And Attahonantanu, you notice, even if you don't understand Hebrew, you'll pay attention to the translation, you'll see that Attahonantanu means, basically you're saying, Hashem, you gave us intelligence, and you gave us the ability to be able to be able to understand the difference, intelligence to be able to understand the difference between two different things, and that is the concept of Havdalah, and that is placed in our Tefillah, where in the first Baraka, right, not the first Baraka of the Amidah, but the first Baraka of our request, why in that Baraka? And the answer is because we're, we're, we're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for intelligence. First, we, we, we express our thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we're able to understand. And then we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to basically separate us also from any bad things that are happening in the world. And that's how it was instituted over there. Now, the halakha says something very, very important. You must make havdalah and tefillah. That is very, very important. Even though you can make havdalah later on, you still must say, But if a person forgot to say, The halakha says that you don't have to repeat the amidah. Why not? If a person forgets the but you have to repeat it. If a person forgets something that needs to be added in Amida, you have to repeat it. How come of you, if you forget Tahunantanu, you don't have to repeat it? And the answer is because we know you're going to make Havdalah later on. So yes, Havdalah is supposed to say Tahunantanu. It's a must. But even if you didn't say Tahunantanu, since you're going to make Havdalah afterwards on the cup of wine, the famous Havdalah that we do with the candle and the uh, and the Besamim, so that's good enough already to save you from having to repeat the Amida. That's Halakha Bet. Halakha Gimel. When we said a person who made a mistake and didn't say atahunantanu, you don't even have to mention it later on Yamila. Let's say you finish atahunen, you finish, you got up to Mebarecha Shanim and you realize you didn't say atahunantanu. You don't even have to mention it in Shumayatifillah. So he says, when is that so? That's only if you know you're going to be able to make Abdallah later on on a cup of wine. However, but if you know that you're not going to have a cup of wine, and you know that even tomorrow, the whole day Sunday, until Sunday night, you're not going to be able to have a cup of wine. You're away on vacation, and you forgot to bring extra wine for Abdullah. You had exactly enough grape juice or wine just for you, what you need for, for Shabbat, for Kiddush. You don't have beer, you don't have any alcoholic drink. How do you make Abdullah on the coast now? Okay, so you said Abdullah in Na'amidah. So that's good enough. You made Havdalah Na'amidah. Yes, later on you have the other things, but at least you said Havdalah Na'amidah. If you forgot to say Havdalah Na'amidah, we said you don't have to go back to Amidah. But in this case, that you're away and you don't have any wine and you don't have any store. Hard to, hard to believe you're in America and there's no store that sells even beer. But let's say you don't have any stores that are open around you. Not the night, not Motsayi Shabbat, not Saturday night, and not the whole day later on, not the whole full day. You're not going to have wine or grape juice or any alcoholic drink until you get back home on Sunday night. So in that case, you lost it. You cannot say, okay, I'm going to make Havdalah. True, you have to make Havdalah anyway later on, but you must repeat the Amidah. And therefore, you go back and repeat the Amidah. However, if you remember, in your Amidah, in the time when you don't have one, you remember that you didn't say, then you go and say it in Shema Kolenu. In the middle of Shema Kolenu, you mention Atahunatanu. The same paragraph that we say in Atahunen, Atahunatanu, you mention it in Shema Kolenu. 
Next. That is Halakha Gimel. Before we get to Halakha Dalit, there's a lot of things on Halakha Gimel that we need to point out from the poskim. The Halakha brings, Manan Shohan Aruch brings Halakha, and although Ben Shai doesn't necessarily say it over here, but we have to point it out. Remember, you have to make Habdallah and the Amidah. And if you don't make Habdallah and Amidah, it's not so bad. You don't have to repeat the Amidah because you make Habdallah later on on a cup of wine. However, if a person ate something before Habdallah, in the case where he did not say Atahun and Tanu, then he has to repeat Amidah. Because we're going to learn soon that there's an Hachamim said that one is not allowed to taste, excuse me, one is not allowed to eat anything before Havdalah. Once already Ben Ashbashot comes and you didn't make Havdalah, you cannot eat anything. That is the Halakha. So therefore, if a person didn't say Havdalah in the Amidah, we said you don't have to because you can go and eat and you can go and make Havdalah, excuse me. So, but if you ate before Havdalah, so then you went against the Takanav, the Hachamim. And therefore, the Amidah that you said, you never made Havdalah in it, and you ate also, you go back and you repeat the Amidah. The question is, how much you have to eat in order to be Hayab to go to repeat the Amidah? The Halakha says that you're not allowed to eat anything. You're not allowed to eat anything, you're not allowed to taste anything before the Amidah. So therefore, the Shohan Aruch Rav brings it down and he says it, anything. If he ate even a little bit of a piece of whatever food, as long as it wasn't water. We're going to learn that water, you're allowed to drink water before Havdalah. Water is fine. The one goes out on water. Water, a person wants to drink before Havdalah, even though you didn't make Havdalah, you're allowed to drink water. The only thing you're not allowed to do is, not the only thing, everything else you're not allowed to eat or drink. Not wine, not grape juice, not juice, even regular juices, apple juice, uh, orange juice, sodas even, anything with sugar, all those things you cannot drink until you make Havdalah. So if you ate or drank anything according to Shohan Aruch Rav, even a little sip, of, of soda before you said the Havdalah in the case where you also forgot atahunen, atahunantanu, then you go back and you repeat the Amidah the old Litzion has a big Hiddush no I haven't seen about anybody else and he says then in order to obligate a person to repeat the Amidah in the case where you forgot atahunantanu and ate before Havdalah he has to eat a Kezayit or Revi'it that's a Hiddush of Acham Ben Sion that I haven't seen anybody else bring it down Everybody else, and the Pashub shot of Maran Shohan Aruch is Ta'am. Tasted, he tasted anything, it sounds like. Now, here is a question. The question is, what if a person did the following? Let's say a person prayed Da'amidam, let's say Shabbat. He did not say Atahun Antanu. And then, even though he didn't say Atahun Antanu, he ate afterwards, by mistake, of course. He ate by mistake, which is the halakha, is he supposed to repeat Amidah. But before he came to ask, or before he realized, he said Havdalah on a cup of wine, the regular Havdalah, Motsay Shabbat. He didn't know the halakha. You know, a lot of times in the summer, people are rushing out. They want to go back and they want to run home. Or a lot of people do Havdalah in the house. So you go back home to do Havdalah for your wife. And all of a sudden, uh, your wife is busy. She's not ready yet for Havdalah. The kids are not ready. And you're sitting there, whatever it is, you forget yourself, you get a phone call, and then you forget yourself, and you eat something. You didn't make Havdalah in the Amidah. You didn't make Havdalah yet, and you ate. You have to repeat Amidah, but you didn't realize. And then you made Havdalah afterwards. Do you still have to repeat Amidah or not? So the Bible Halakha brings two opinions. The Primigadim and the Derek Ha'im. According to the Primigadim, no, 
the whole point is that you're supposed to say Havdalah before the, you're supposed to say Havdalah before you eat. True, you ate, but now at the end of the day, you did the Havdalah. So why do you have to repeat the Amidah to say Atahunantanu? You already did the Havdalah. It's good enough. Therefore, he says, according to the Pimigadim, you do not have to repeat the Amidah if you already said Havdalah. Even though you ate before the Havdalah, but since you didn't realize that afterwards, you don't have to. According to the Derek Ha'ayim, however, he says, no, it's a knas. Hakamim made a knas. They basically made a punishment on the person who forgets Atahon Antanu Na'amidah and eats before Havdalah, they has to repeat Amidah. And I don't care if you made Havdalah later on, it's a knas. And therefore, you have to repeat it. The Kafa Ha'ayim says, the halakha is like the Pimigadim, that you don't have to repeat Amidah. However, Hakam Badiah brings that he himself, he rules this way and he brings from Shut, Debre Shalom, Mizrahir Abshalom Mizrahi on the big uh, also Sfaradipo scheme, uh, right, right around the time of Hakam Abadiyah as well. And they say the Hakaz like the Deim, that if you ate before Havdalah in the case where you forgot Tahunantanu, even if you said Havdalah afterwards, you have to repeat the Amidah. However, they point out you should repeat it with the condition, and this is what will tell you Halakha Lema'ase. Make a condition, say like this if the Halakha is like the Prime Gadim that I don't have to repeat the Amidah, so I'm praying at Tiflat Nidava. This is like a voluntary Amidah. But if the halakha is that it's like the Derek Ha'im, that I have to repeat the Amidah because I ate before Abdullah, then this will be the Amidah that I'm saying as my obligation. That's called Tefillah with a condition. Al-Tenai. Next. Next halakha that we want to talk about, we we'll want to give you a little bit of a background. We discussed it a little bit, but now let's give you the full background. Hazal, although... Havdalah Motzei Shabbat is like we just mentioned. You just have to point out that yesterday was Shabbat and today is already Motzei Shabbat. Hakamim made a takana that a person has to make Havdalah, like we said, ala kos, with a cup of wine. And over there we say also but, but the blessing of Boreme Oreha Esh as well as Besamim. Hazal also made it forbidden for a person to do any melacha or to eat anything before making Havdalah. Which Havdalah are we talking about over here? Well, the Havdalah that you do on a cup of wine, Hakamim said you cannot eat until you make the Havdalah on a cup of wine. You cannot eat or drink, that is. Okay? The Melacha, however, the Melacha, they were not as Mahmir. The Melacha, it works even if you said Havdalah and Tefillah. Even if you said Atahun Antanu, that's, what's Atahun Antanu? You're making Havdalah. So that's considered already Havdalah, which allows you to do melacha. What if a person did not say atahunatanu or hasn't prayed arbit yet? And now it's already, the time is over, Shabbat is over. And he wants already to go ahead and to do melacha. Could he do melacha without making first abdallah, without praying arbit? And the answer is yes, but with a condition. You have to say first, Baruch HaMavdim Ekolish Lechol. Just like we would say the Berakha by the Havdalah. Here, you don't have to say the whole thing. In fact, you don't even, don't say it with the name of Hashem. All you say is, This is the opinion of Shohan Aruch. Although some Mishonim hold, you have to say Shem Hashem. The is like Shohan Aruch. By just saying, On Motzei Shabbat, whenever Shabbat is over, that is good enough for Havdalah. It's already, you could do Melacha, with not a problem. Okay? In a case where you pray the Amidah, you don't even have to say Baruch Amdi Because in the Amidah, and you said Attahun Antanu, the Havdalah was said 
when you prayed the regular Amidah of Motzei Shabbat. The question is as follows. What if a person forgot Atahonatan Amidah? He prayed already Arbit Motzei Shabbat. He said the Amidah, he did not say Atahonatan Amidah. So he didn't make Havdalah. Now, this is a little bit slightly different from before. And what happened over here, he did not say Baruch HaMabdil Ben Kodesh Lehon. And now he wants, he did a Melacha already. Remember, he didn't make Havdalah Amidah. He didn't make Havdalah on a cup of wine. So he's really still Shabbat for him. Even though the time is over, it's still Shabbat for him. It, Shabbat is not over until the person says the words of Havdalah. And what happened? The guy did a melacha. Do we say that just as a person who ate before making the Havdalah on a cup of wine has to repeat the Amidah in the case we forgot Tahun and Tanu? So to this person who did melacha before making the Havdalah on a course, before making the Havdalah on a cup of wine has to repeat the Amidah? Or do we say, no, they only were gozer by eating before Havdalah ala kos, but they're not gozer by melacha before making Havdalah ala kos. That is the question. So I can give you the answer right away and tell you it's a mahloket, but of course we want to understand why there's a mahloket. So let's begin with the Rishonim. There's an opinion, the Rashba, Rabbi Shlomo ben Adirit, one of the greatest Rishonim. The Rashba writes the following words. Person, and it, of course, the opinion of Rishonim is all based on Gemara. It's not like they're, you know, just making up things, okay? So now he's saying like this. Rashba writes that if a person forgets Atahon Antanun Amida and he eats, or if he does Melacha before making Habdalah on the cup of wine on the course, then he has to repeat the Amida. That's Rashba's words. It's not only the Rashba. It's also, Hakamadiyah brings a list, the Tosfot Harosh, Ridva, Nimukai Yosef, Urhot Hayim, and Ohel Mu'ayd as well. All of them say that a person who forgets Atahon Antanu and eats or does Melacha before Havdalah must repeat Amidah. The Rambam, however, if you look in the Lachot of the Rambam, it doesn't mention a word not about eating and not about Melacha. In either case, which means he doesn't hold of it. He doesn't hold of this Halacha. If he holds, he should have brought it down. However, Although Ramam doesn't mention anything about it, the other post scheme hold, if you eat before Havdalah, when you forgot Atahon you have to repeat the Amidah. But they don't talk, other Rishonim don't mention anything about doing Melacha before, the, before Havdalah. And the Shohan Aruch himself writes, Vim ta'am kodem ala Simple understanding of Maran is that if you ate anything before Havdalah, on the cup of wine, if you forgot, of course, Atahun Antanu, you have to go back and repeat the Amidah. That's if you ate. It mentions again nothing about doing Melacha. However, Rav Akiva Eger and the Yaraba, Biur Halacha brings them down. They hold that you have to repeat the Amidah. Even Melacha, they go with the Rashba and they say, they understood that the Maran's not arguing on the Rashba. They understood Maran like that. That if you do Melacha when you forgot Atahun Antanu, before making Abdallah Allah course, you have to repeat the Amidah. And the Biru HaKam himself, however, says, you don't have, you don't have to be mahmir like Rav Akiva Egin and Yaraba. You can rely first of all on the Rambam. Also, other Rishonim that says, that say that if you did Melacha before Abdullah, you don't have to repeat the Amidah. Here, we come to the Ahronim now. Okay, so Ashkenazim, like the Biru HaLacha, hold, you don't have to repeat the Amidah. In fact, a few other poskim, Ahronim, went with the Mishnah from the Ashkenazim. They say, according to the Ashkenazim, if you do Melacha, if you forgot Tahunatanu, and you did melacha before saying Baruch HaMavdim Bekolish Lahol, before Havdalah, you don't have to repeat Amidah. There's no knas. The knas is only 
when a person eats before the Havdalah. What about this Faradim? Here we have a Mahlokim Da'akham bin Siyon, Da'akham bin Siyon. Most people are used to what Da'akham bin Siyon is going to be Mahmir, and Da'akham excuse me, yeah, Da'akham bin Siyon is going to be Mahmir, Da'akham bin Siyon is going to be lenient. In these Alakot, it's interesting that it's really the opposite. In a few cases, as we'll see, Da'akham bin Siyon is Mahmir, Da'akham bin Siyon is Mekil. Quote Da'akham bin Siyon, he has a very nice Chuvan Halak Alif, and he proves that Halakha is that you don't have to repeat the Amidah if you forgot. To say and he did a melacha before making havdalah, alakos. That's a kontacham betziona. Kontacham Yes, you do have to repeat. He brings up Shalom Zrahi again. He says also you have to repeat the amida if you forgot tahun and tanu. And he did a melacha before saying before saying hamavdil vekos lehol. Therefore, what do you do? Well, you follow your rabbi. You ask him what to do. If a person doesn't want to repeat the Amidah, he has what to rely on. But even if you want to go with Hakam Badiyah, he says you should only repeat the Amidah al-tenai, with a condition. And therefore, you ask your local rabbi, you see what you do in this halakha. Even if, you, again, you want to repeat the Amidah, you have to do it only with a condition. Okay, we got a question in the text line. Um, trying to understand. Basically, the question is, what determines when Shabbat begins or ends? Okay? And the question is basically, is it when you verbalize that Shabbat is here or it's over? Or is it when the time comes? And the answer is both. But you have to know in which case. We're stringent in both areas, which means for Shabbat to come in, we're stringent that once one of the conditions is there, which is the time, once the time comes in, that's it, Shabbat is here. And that time is sunset. Whenever sunset is here, Shabbat is here. Motza'e Shabbat, in order for Shabbat to be over, then we need two conditions. You need to wait the actual time, and you also need to verbalize it. You need to express it. You need to say that Shabbat is over as well. So we're stringent. But we, there's two conditions which determines when Shabbat comes in and what comes out. That is time, whatever that time is. And the to express it, to verbalize it. When sh- we're stringent for the entrance of Shabbat and exit of Shabbat. For the entrance of Shabbat, we're stringent only one thing. If a person expresses it or the time comes, Shabbat is here. For Motsa'e Shabbat, if a person wants Shabbat to be over... He has to not only express it, but he also has to wait that the time of Shabbat is over, which is Seta Kochabim, the three stars, and then express and say, verbalize, Shabbat is over, Baruch HaMavdim and Kodesh HaHol, and offer Shabbat to be over. And this is very important. A person, ladies, who don't pray Arbit Motzei Shabbat, and they want to do some sort of Melacha, they have to be careful that they cannot do any Melacha, even lighting the candle for Havdalah, until they say, Baruch HaMavdim and Kodesh HaHol. A lot of ladies want to do Havdalah, let's say they do Havdalah in the house, and they want to bring the candle and, you know, make their own havdalah, which is fine, no problem, you could do it. The only th- we'll talk about the mahlokit later on. But even if you want to do that, since you're not praying Arbid Motzei Shabbat, ladies, you have to make sure you say Baruch HaMadim Kodesh Ahol. You want to put on the AC, shut off the AC, shut off the, the blech, whatever you want to do, Motzei Shabbat, you can, even though you're planning to say havdalah, you, and the time has come, if you didn't say Baruch HaMadim Kodesh Ahol, you cannot do any melacha. Men, you have to teach your wives. And ladies, you have to teach other ladies. And let them know this. A lot of ladies don't know this halakha. 
they think that, oh, 72 minutes, I wait Rabbeinu Tam. Even though the very, very firm ones and very stringent ones, they say, we're waiting Rabbeinu Tam 72 minutes, now I can do melacha. No. 72 minutes, and then you have to express it, you have to verbalize it. Baruch One more point on this halacha, and that is, if a person misses minha and of Shabbat, the halacha is that you have to repeat da'amidah by arbit, right? That's, this is halacha by anything. The general rule is, that there's something called Tiflat Tashlumin. What's Tiflat Tashlumin? Tashlumin is a makeup. Hazal established that we pray Amidah three times a day in general, right? Minha. Excuse me, let's start like this. Shahrit, Minha, and Arbit. If a person, for whatever reason, couldn't do couldn't pray one of the prayers, as long as he didn't do it on purpose, if he couldn't pray any of the prayers, so the next day, the next Tiflat, he can make up the Tiflat the that he missed. How does one make it up? Well, he does the following. First, he prays the, the tefillah that he has to pray for that time. That's given mashal. The person misses minha. So he has to pray now arbit two times. First, he prays the first amidah. It means over here, when we say arbit two times, it means the amidah two times. First, he prays the amidah of arbit. And then he prays a second amidah right away for making up the minha that he missed. This is true for every single day. The only thing it gets confusing that what happens when it's Shabbat that you've person forgot the Amidah and now Motzei Shabbat Arbit he wants to make it up but how do you do so? Do you say the makeup Amidah do you say the Amidah that you, of Shabbat or you say of Motzei Shabbat? And the rule is you always pray the Amidah even the makeup Amidah where you're standing right then the same Amidah as where you are right then Meaning, if you forgot the Amidah of Shabbat Minha, so Arbit, when you come to Arbit and you have to repeat the Amidah, then you repeat the Arbit of Motzei Shabbat. You say the Arbit of Motzei Shabbat twice. The first time for the sake of Arbit, and the second Amidah is for the makeup for the Tiflah of Minha. That is the Halakha. Now, what about the Tahun Antanu? When do you mention Tahun Antanu? So the rule is, remember, the second one is a makeup. The first one is for the regular Tiflah of Arbit. So if a, a person is going to pray Motzei Shabbat, the two Amidot, the first Amidah, he prays for Arbit, Motzei Shabbat, and, that is, and that's when you say, Atahonantanu. In the second Amidah, you don't say Atahonantanu, because the second Amidah is not meant for makeup. It's, it's, the second Amidah is meant for makeup, excuse me, of Shabbat day, and over there, you don't need to say Atahonantanu. If, however, a person made a mistake, if a person made a mistake and he said Atahonantanu in the second Amidah, then we come into problems. Because according to Shohan Aruch, the Gemara and Shohan Aruch rules, that since you said that in the second Amidah, so it shows that you prayed the second Amidah for the sake of Arbit, and the first Amidah, you prayed it as a Tashlumin, as a makeup for the Minha. Which means that you were not Yotzei Dehubah, the first Amidah, and you have to say again a third Amidah. However, the Aharonim point out that's only if you thought that the first Amidah is for the sake of makeup and the second Amidah is for the sake of Arbit. If you knew that the first Amidah is to make up for, excuse me, if you knew that the first Amidah is for the sake of Arbit and the second one is for makeup, so in that case, even though you got mixed up and you said a Tahunatan by the second Amidah, it's still fine, you don't have to repeat it. Kavahim makes a compromise and Akhavatulam says the same thing. However, the person was not thinking. He, he paid two Amidot. He said Atahonatana by the second one. In that case, he should repeat Amidah a third time, but this time with a condition like we mentioned before. So Adkan is the laws of Habdallah and Amidah. 
The next halakha, which is halakha dalit, anyway, we're going to skip. So it brings a Zohar, and the Ben uh, brings a Zohar and explains the Zohar. Like we said, our rule is that we don't go through the Zohar. And we have another maybe few seconds. Let's just say one more halakha, halakha hey. And that is, we'll summarize it outside. The Ben says that in the places where people are ama'arit, meaning to say people don't know how to read, if you're in a shul, and even one member doesn't know how to read the, the, uh, the from a sidur, and he's standing up in prayer, you should say, the hazan should say it out loud. So this way people could follow or could listen to it. So this way at least it counts as havdalah. So they don't hear the full amina, but at least the havdalah they should know that or they should hear it and have a mind that they should do at least havdalah by verbally expressing it. And it's a good idea in general, and that's a lot of people on Nuhig that way, Motsay Shabbat, they call out just the words Atahun Antanu Aulad. This way is a reminder for everybody in the shul not to forget Atahun Antanu. Like we learned, Havdalah and Tefillah is instituted by the Hakamim. It's very important. That person shouldn't forget it because if he does forget it, it could lead to perhaps repeating the Amidah. That's the class for now. Mazat Hashem will meet again next week. Just a reminder again that the Shabbat the fast of Shabbat Asa is coming up this Tuesday. And like the times that we mentioned, it starts from 4 or 9 a.m. until about 9 o'clock, 9.15 p.m., we shall all have Razat Hashem, a meaningful fast. And Hashem should turn these days, it's Ayat Salah Yaakov, but the Pasuk continues, it says, Ummena Yivashaya. Razat Hashem, we should see these days, the Hazal told us that Ben Hametzarim will turn to be one big holiday, as Arizal says, will turn from three weeks of mourning to three weeks of celebrations and Yom Tov with the coming of Mashiach Sadkinu Ben Rabbi Amenu. Amen. Thank you to Iran and to Jadwood Radio for hosting us. And have a wonderful week and wonderful Shabbat. We'll meet again next week. Bye, Zat Hashem.